Welcome to the Rough Draft. Today we will be listening to Mother of Learning, Chapter 8, Perspective. Here we are, said Zack happily, twirling around with his hands outstretched. What do you think? Zorin studied the meadow in front of him, his eyes darting back and forth with suspicion. At first glance, the area was just a large patch of grass surrounded by a ring of trees, but Zorin couldn't help but notice signs of, wild, of obvious neglect. The grass was too wild and tall, and the space between trees was full of young saplings fighting for their own place under the sun. It was a good place to practice combat magic at, but also a good place to hide a body in. In an even remotely normal situation, Zorin wouldn't be caught dead following a complete stranger into a creepy, isolated place like this one. Oh, how far his perspective had shifted. I wonder what's keeping the saplings confined to, to that ring of trees, wondered Zorian aloud. This meadow should be a corpse of trees by now. Zack blinked. I never thought about that, he admitted. You notice the strangest things, Zorian. I also wonder how a place like this can exist at all, Zorian continued. I mean, we're in Sioria. Land is very expensive here. Why is someone letting this plate uh, deteriorate like this instead of selling it? Oh, that's easy, Zack said. It's my land, or rather, it's part of the Noveta family estates. It's supposed to be a private garden for the head of the house, <clears throat> um, or something like that. So no one could do anything with it unless they have my explicit permission. But since I hadn't known, uh, but since I hadn't even known this place existed before the reverts, yeah. Hmm. Zorian agreed. I guess I should have expected something like that. Your home is pretty close from here, isn't it? You know where I live? Zack asked, surprise evident in his voice. Crap. What to say? What to say? Of course I know where you live, Zorian said, looking at Zack like the boy was an idiot for asking. Who doesn't know where the Noveta State is located? A lot of people, probably. Zorian himself certainly hadn't known until he tried to track Zack down in one of the restarts. Heh. <laughs> I'm pretty famous, aren't I? Zack said, grinning wildly, uh, widely. Note to self, Zack is easy to distract by appealing to his pride. Yeah, yeah, sighed Zorian. So this great Noveta is going to help me learn combat magic like he promised or not. Daylight's burning. Zack snapped his fingers, apparently remembering just why they were here in the first place. His hands blurred into a sequence of gestures, and several humanoids made of earth rose from the ground on one side of the clearing. Zoyan gaped. Now that was impressive. <clears throat> Zack didn't even have to chant anything to cast that spell. And he went through the gestures with such speed, Zorian had trouble remembering what they were. Plus, those earthen constructs weren't just immobile statues. They moved. It was in time like, uh, times like this that Zorian remembered he was dealing with a vastly superior mage that had beat him in virtually every conceivable way. It was humbling, to say the least. Wow, he said out loud. It's not as, um, it's not as impressive as it looks, Zack said. They're nearly useless in actual combat. They make good targets, though, since they're pretty resilient and reform each time you mess them up. Zorian fired a quick magic missile at one of the statues to demonstrate, hitting it square in the chest. The earthen construct took a step back from the force of the, bolt, uh, the, force of the bolt, and a web of cracks erupted from the impact point. But the cracks quickly sealed themselves shut, and the construct otherwise completely ignored the attack. I don't believe this, Zorian stated incredulously. What do you mean? Zack said. The just animated Earth, so it's not them. Zo uh, Zoyan protested. The magic missile. 
no chant, no gesture, no spell, spell formula, no nothing. You just pointed your finger at the target and produced a magic missile, which admittedly was a gesture. Not, um, not one that should be sufficient to produce a magic missile, though. Oh, that? Zack said, waving his hand dismissively. They're not terribly special, either. They're just um, reflexive magic. When you cast a spell enough times, mana shaping becomes insti instinctive, and you can start leaving out spell components, finished Zorian for him. Any serious mage had at least a couple of spells they could them, they knew so intimately they could leave out a couple of words and gestures and still get it working. But getting a spell to work with something as simple as pointing a finger would take years. Zack simply grinned from ear to ear. Which, uh, I guess you had, Zorian concluded, feeling rather stupid. This time travel thing is really inconvenient. It's really convenient, isn't it? How many reflexive spells do you have anyway? You mean how many are are as reflexive at the as the magic missile I just showed you? Shurl, shield, hurl, recall, flamethrower, and a couple of easy, of other easy combat spells. There are a lot of spells I'm familiar with, but I can't exactly throw fireballs by pointing my fingers. Sorry, said Zoyan sourly. He was getting way past humbling and straight into feeling mightily inadequate territory. Better steer the conversation back to the lesson before Zack completely demoralized him. So, where do we start? Chiron gave you a spell rod and told you to project, pra uh, practice magic missile, didn't he? Asked Zack. Yeah, confirmed Zorian. Well, let's see how that's working out for you first, said Zack, waving his hand in, a couple of, um, in the direction of a couple of earth constructs. Fire a couple of missiles at the mud people. Mud people? Asked Zorian incredulously. Is that... Probably not, Zack admitted. I kind of forgot the official name of the spell, so I just refer to it as Create Mud, Pe Mud People. It doesn't matter all that much, since the spell is obscure and obsolete, and virtually no one except me uses it. I guess, agreed Zorian. He was tempted to ask more, but figured he would never get, an actual, get to actual spell practice if he kept distracting Zack his, with his questions. He pointed the spell rod Chiron gave him at the closest mud person and fired. He was a bit surprised when the construct tried to sidestep his magic missile instead of soaking the spell like it did when Zack targeted it, but that didn't save it. He had enough control of the spell to alter the ma um, missile's flight path accordingly, even if he couldn't get the bolt to home in on the target, uh, on, the target on its own. Of course, the bolt did very little actual damage to the construct and even then repaired itself quickly. Undeterred, Zorian kept firing. His next shot was a piercer, aimed at the head of the construct, which succeeded in hitting it squarely in the forehead, but failed to actually punch through the animated earth. He tried to shape the next bolt into a cutter, but all he got was a diffused blob of multicolored light that popped like a, soda bu a soap bubble halfway to the target. The next two were equally sma um, were either smashers, one of which missed when its target leaned to the side at the last moment before the bolt hit him. Zoyan pointed uh, stopped at this point, not wanting to completely deplete his mana reserves. He demonstrated pretty much everything he achieved so far anyway. Zack clapped over dramatically, completely ignoring the mild glare Zoyan sent his way. You've only been practicing what? For a couple of days? asked Zack. Zoyan nodded. And you can direct your bolts already? You're a lot better than I thought you'd be. Oh? asked Zorian, a hint of warning in his voice. And why is that? 
Let me ask you this instead. How many magic missiles can you cast before you run out of mana? Asked Zack. Ten, answered Zorin. He didn't see what that... Oh. Ah. Normally learning time uh, corresponds to mana capacity, doesn't it? Yep. The bigger your mana reserves, the longer you can train each day, confirmed Zack. It means mages with larger reserves tend to learn faster than their less gifted uh, compatriots. Assuming everyone is equally dedicated and equally good at shaping mana, noted Zorian. Assuming that, agreed Zack. Though the difference in mana reserves tends to overshadow almost everything else. Do you know how much magic missiles I can cast before I run out of mana? Zorian hadn't forgotten Zack's in, uh, seemingly inexhaustible mana reserves that he demonstrated during the invasion, and was aware that the number must be pretty high. Still, there was a limit to how big your mana, uh, your mana reserves can, uh, could get. The booklet Chiron gave him said an average mage can fire somewhere between 8 to 12 magic missiles before running out of mana, while very gifted ones could manage as much as uh, 20 or 30. Furthermore, while mana reserves increase with age and practice, they are not unlimited in potential. Most people's maximum was roughly four times the amount of mana reserves they started with, and usually less. Assuming Zack was in the above-average range, something his, um, something his comments and attitude strongly suggested, and that he achieved his maximum due to, this, uh, due to the time loop. 50, he tried. 232, said Zack smugly. Zorian almost dropped the spell rod in shock, but in the end settled for staring at Zack like he was like he just swallowed a live chicken. 232? What the hell? Admittedly, I'm, in it, uh, I'm at the extreme high end when it comes to mana reserves, Zack said. Understatement of the century. Uh, understatement of the century. And unlike you, I spent years building them up, so they're as high as they're ever going to be. Still, even if you had a lifetime of practice, you'd probably ne never get over 40. That would make my reserves almost six times larger than yours, quite a disadvantage to make up for. No kidding, agreed Zoyan. I'm guessing that that's where you come in. Unless you've brought me here to just tell me how much I suck compared to you. Ha! <laughs> I admit the look on your face when you realized how awesome I was was absolutely priceless, but that's just a bonus, said Zack. He beckoned for Zoyan to come closer, and Zoyan complied, allowing Zack to ca cast a completely unfamiliar spell on him. Zorian felt the spell seep into his eyes, foreign mana um, straining against the innate magical resistance possessed by every living creature, and briefly considered snuff, uh, and briefly considered snuffing the spell out before it took root. Not because he thought the spell was harmful, mind you, but out of principle. Zack just cast a spell on him without asking or permission, for permission or explaining what the spell did, which was a major breach of magical etiquette, no matter how you looked at it. In the end, he decided not to be that spiteful and simply reeled in his magical resistance, allowing the spell to do its work, unopposed. You already have control of your magical resistance? asked Zack. Sweet. I usually have to teach people how to do that first. Hell, I didn't know uh, didn't know how to do that before the re revert. Zorian frowned, ignoring Zack's comments in favor of trying to figure out what the spell actually did. It was concentrated in his eyes, so he could see... Oh. A glowing, mind-boggling huge pillar rose into the sky, warping and undulating um, like a living creature, occasionally spawning short-lived whirls of glowing matter along its length. It only took Zorian a moment to realize what he was looking at. That's what the, um, 
That's how the hole looks like under Mage Sight? He asked, focusing back on Zack. Magnificent, isn't it? Zack said. Watching that huge geyser of mana rising into the sky always puts things into perspective for me. Mage Sight doesn't, shouldn't work in Cyroria, though, remarked Zorian. Too much ambient mana saturating everything. Why aren't I blinded by painful, uh, by painful glow emanating from everything in sight? It's an experimental variation that tries to filter out such noise, showing only the important stuff, said Zack. It's not terribly reliable, but it will do for our purposes. Those being, asked Zorian, I'll cast magic missile repeatedly, and you'll watch what I'm doing for a while before trying to copy me, Zack said. I'll be, showing, uh, I'll be using the proper invocation this time, and do it as slowly as I can. Try to memorize the word and gestures, because you'll be using them instead of the rod Chiron gave you. A spell rod is more useful in combat, but for training purposes, it's better to work with actual invocations. Zorian was completely on board with the idea. He had been trying to find invocations for his combat spells for a while now anyway. Zack was underestimating him though. Try to memorize? Zorian might not have Zack's absurd mana reserves, but his memory was quite good. It took only one proper casting from Zack, and Zorian had already burned the casting procedure into his memory. Unfortunately, the rest of the session was a lot less impressive. Zack kept performing the spell a few more times before instructing Zorian to give it a try, upon which he found out that performing combat magic with classical invocations wasn't any slower than using a spell rod. Um, wasn't only slower than using a spell rod, it was a lot harder too. Thankfully, the fact that he could that he actually saw how the mana was supposed to be shaped during Zack's demonstration drastically improved his learning speed. So he managed to fire off a passable magic missile in the end. He was completely out of mana by then, however, and Zack decided that was a good time to stop for the day. Walking back to his apartment, Zorian was lost in thought. Zack's comment about the giant pillar of mana and putting things into perspective for him seemed oddly applicable in his uh, to his situation as well. Time loop or not, he could never beat Zack, and people like him at, um, at their own game. Clearly, Zorian couldn't bulldoze his way through with combat magic, like Zack intended to do. No. If he was going to get out of this in a favorable manner, he had to forge his own path. If only he knew what that path was, though. At the moment, trying to get to the bottom of what caused this time loop and how the damn thing worked seemed to be just about the only thing he could do to help himself, which was unfortunate, because he just didn't have the skills to unravel the mystery. Apparently, he had to spend some time improving his magical abilities. Time, at least, he had in spades. Probably. He could never be sure the time loop would continue happening, but Zack certainly didn't behave like it would end any time soon, and Zorian decided to follow Zack's lead in that regard. He really wished he had someone other than Zack to ask for advice on how to proceed in his quest to improve himself. Typically, this was what a student's mentor was for, but he already knew what Shvin would tell him, more shaping exercises. Then he'd throw marbles at him. Although, Elsa did offer to take over his mentorship in a couple of restarts, didn't she? Hmm. Despite his desire for some additional help, Zorian delayed approaching Ilsa until he had actually had a few sessions with Shvin that would require a lengthy wait. But it would make it easier to complain about Shvin's mentoring methods, since he wouldn't have, have to explain how, much, uh, how he knew so much about the man already. It wasn't like he didn't have anything to amuse himself in the meantime. Zack was, if anything, even more enthusiastic about their combat magic practice sessions that Zorian was. 
insisting they met up every day after classes. After two weeks of such practice, Zorin was not only able to weave a proper homing function into the magic missile spell, but also learned how to cast shield and flamethrower spells as well. He was keenly aware that his ability to cast such spells would amount to exactly zero against a human battle mage, but he also knew that <clears throat> knew they weren't the only threats he faced. Those spells might buy him a second or two against a winter wolf or a troll, which could be the difference between life and death. Zack uh, returned to classes the day after their first practice session, apparently completely recovered. For a, for a guy that lost a good chunk of his memory, he was surprisingly exuberant, and Zoran admitted his, um, his fellow time traveler for his admired his fellow time traveler for his ability to maintain good cheer in poor circumstances. But Zack's attention-grabbing uh, attention behavior only made his inexplicable improvement in skill that much more noticeable. It was almost a repeat of the very first time he lived through this month, only instead of hanging out with Naolu and that other mystery, uh, mystery girl, Zack was hanging out with him, which of course made Zorian the target for very curious classmates that wanted to know how Zack suddenly got so good all of a sudden. What am I supposed to tell them? He asked Zack. They were both in the cafeteria, and he noticed a couple of students gla uh, glancing at him a bit too often, uh, doubtlessly waiting for a chance to tell him when Zack left. I can't exactly tell them you're a time traveler. Why not? Zack asked. Time travel. It's what I say every time they ask me how I got this good. You actually tell them you're a time traveler? Asked Zorian incredulously. He didn't know whether to laugh or bang his head against the table. Yeah, confirmed Zack. What's the worst that could happen? Zorian felt a pang of phantom pain in his chest where, in another lifetime, a masked assassin stabbed him through and killed him. Did Zack honestly never, um, never experience consequences like that when trying to convince people of his story? Then again, he said he tried to convince them he was the time traveler, not that he told them about the invasion. In fact, he didn't actually t uh, tell Zorian about that either. He danced around the topic whenever Zorian tried to lead the conversation in that particular direction. This could have all been avoided if you just held back a little in class, Zorian sighed. I kind of like the attention, Zack admitted. Really? asked Zorian. I'm only going through this once and I'm already sick of it. You're saying the novelty of all that attention still hasn't worn off after, what, more than a decade? Oh come on, do you really think I spend these reverts attending classes of all things? scoffed Zack. That got seriously old after the third revert or so. I spend most of the time doing my own thing. Hell, usually I'm not even near Sayoria. I only attend the classes when I want to relax, or when I'm feeling nostalgic. The only reason why I'm here right now is because I kind I got kind of roughed up in my last revert, and I'm still trying uh, trying to sort out the holes in my memory. Oh, and because you've kind you've kind of caught my interest. Why did I catch your interest though? Asked Zorian. Not that I'm complaining or anything, but how come you're willing to invest so much time in me? Isn't it all going to be useless in the next revert? That's a pretty cold way of thinking about things, Zack said. I don't really think like that. I've tried to get to know all of our classmates in these reverts, even though some of them are pretty uncooperative with the idea, and I've never thought of it as a waste of time. This is the first time I've gotten you this friendly, and I have no idea what exactly I did to cause that. It's best to make use of it while I can. Now he was starting to feel pretty bad. Not only had he never tried to get to know any of his classmates during the reverts, the idea had never been even occurred to him, and this wasn't the first time Zack had insinuated that Sorin was kind of a jerk to him in the past. Just what happened between Zack and past Sorin to leave that much of an impression? 
I see, said Zoyne, uncertainly, not knowing how to respond to that. I really do wonder about you, though, Zack continued. You're so different from the Zorian I knew. I'm starting to wonder if you're really the same person. Who else would I be? asked Zorian, honestly, at a loss as to, uh, as to where Zack was going with this. He didn't appear to, be, to have figured out that Zorian was reverting, as he would say. So what was he getting at? I think I may have shifted timelines or something, Zack said. Zorian gave him an incredulous look. Shifted timelines? That's his explanation? Really? Really, really? He almost revealed himself right then and there, just so that he could tell him how silly that was. Almost. Or something, deadpan Zorian. What? protested Zack. It could happen. Do you know how temporal mechanics work? No, didn't think so. I did look up a couple of books about time travel after our first meeting, said Zorian. It was a lie, of course, but only a small one. He had sifted through time travel-related texts, just not in this particular restart. And I learned nothing, concluded Zack. It's a total wasteland. All they write about is, a various, um, is about various ethical dilemmas and time paradoxes and whatnot. That was the first and last time I set foot in the Academy Library. Let me tell you. Zorian gave him a strange look. That was a joke, right? Which part? Zack asked. The part where you only visit the academy, academy library once? Clarified Zorian. Uh, well, tried Zack, chuckling nervously. What can I say? I don't really like to read. Zorian stared at Zack, wondering if the boy was pulling his leg. He would totally understand if the old Zack, the one he knew before the time loop, told him he never set foot in the library. He'd, um, he would be terribly unique in that regard. Lots of students never visited the library before their third year, since they couldn't access, access the spell repository before their certification anyway. But this Zack had lived through this month over 200 times, times and had access to the spells buried within its depths, and he never tried to search through it, because he didn't like to read. The mind boggled. Well, Zorian's mind boggled. You're, you've clearly read your textbooks, Zorian noted. There's no way you'd excel as well as you do otherwise. Yeah, well, I didn't say I don't read at all, Zack countered. Just that I'd rather avoid it if I can. I learn much better by example anyway. Funny, it was just the opposite with Zorian. He tended to learn much better when he had the chance to study the topic on his own before trying. He still thought it was a pretty serious flaw for a mage to avoid books, but Zorian had to remind himself that Zack was clearly achieving results somehow. Come to think of it, there was a series of shortage of anything dangerous in the Academy spell collection, so a mage that was chiefly interested in more restricted areas of magic would find the library of very limited usefulness. So you learn primarily by mentorship, guessed Zorian. I'm surprised you can convince mages to teach you in less than a month. Don't they all require apprenticeships lasting for several years before they're agreed to teach you anything useful? Well, usually, said Zack, but I'm the last Noveta, don't you know? I had highly respectable mages tripping over themselves to teach me my whole life. Usually, I just have to show up and tell them who I am, and they're all too happy to help me out. Zorian suppressed a wave of jealousy that washed over him. Zack was just making the most of his unique situation, just like Zorian would have in his place. It still bothered him, though, reminding him of how Damon and Fortov could ask and get all sorts of help and concession from their teachers, only for Zorian to fail in securing the same for himself. His parents had lectured him endlessly that the difference was in their attitudes, that if only Zorian had more sociable, more polite, more everything, 
he too could enjoy the same benefits. To Zorian, it always seemed like his brothers had some sort of invisible tattoo on their foreheads that only mages could see, which marked them as somehow more special than him. Zack wasn't his brothers, though, and didn't deserve to be the target of Zack's personal frustrations. Convenient, said Z Zorian out loud, giving his fellow time traveler a smile that was somewhat forced. Zack appe didn't appear to notice. His jealousy aside, he was really starting to wonder if his assumption about Zack being an accidental stowaway like him had any merit at all. Zack had ridiculously huge mana reserves, probably the largest of any student currently attending the academy. He was the last member of the famous noble house, enjoying all of the prestige that comes from that without having to deal with nosy parents who might be freaked out by Zack's sudden transformation. In addition to the power inherent in his name, the boy was also fairly charming and outgoing, further improving his chances of getting help from otherwise unapproachable high circle mages. He was not your average spoiled prince by any means. <clears throat> um, there was a lot of potential in the boy, if only he could get enough time to bring it out time that Zack now had. It was convenient, a bit too convenient in Zorian's opinion. That is why, despite Zack's seemingly friendliness, Zorian just didn't feel at ease with the boy, not enough to reveal himself as a stowaway, in any case. Right now, his main advantage was that he was an outside element in this game Zack was playing, an unaccounted variable. He intended to use and abuse that advantage for all it was worth. Whatever force was behind Zack, Zorian had no intention of revealing himself to it any time soon. Take a seat, Mr. Kaczynski, Ilsa said. I sort of expected I'd be seeing you soon. You did? asked Zorian. Ah, yes, Ilsa said. Usually students come knocking at my door immediately after a single session with Shvin. You actually waited until the second one, so points for patience. Right, said Zorian sourly. I can't transfer you to another mentor at this time, though, so I'm afraid you'll have to bear with him for now, she said. I sort of expected that, Zorian said. Why should her answer be any different than it was the last time he asked her? It's not what I'm here for. No, asked Ilsa, raising an eyebrow. No, confirmed Zorian. Since everything I've heard and experienced about Shvenix suggests we'll never progress behind the basic three, I've decided to uh, be proactive about self-study. I've been hoping for some pointers from you, where I should start, that I should watch, what I should watch out for, that sort of thing. Ilsa sighed heavily. It's hard to give that sort of advice, Mr. Kaczynski. That's where the academy gives student mentors, because there is no one-size-fits-all solution. I suppose I could give you advice about my own subject, though. How good are you at the basic three? Depends on who you ask, said Zorian. Most of the teachers from my second year told me I had mastered them. Shvin says I'm ashamed to mages everywhere. She snorted and handed him a pen. Actually handed it to him, not threw it at him like Shvin would have. Oh, ah, the joy of interacting with sane teachers. Levitate that, Ilsa said. She wasn't even finished talking and the pen was already spinning above her outstretched palm. Oh, so you can already spin the levitated object, Ilsa said, sounding pleased. I bet Shvin was very happy with that. No. Not really. Do you know any other variations? No, said Zorian. Don't tell me learning these is a standard procedure. Not like Shvin is teaching them, Ilsa said. But yes, most mentors, mentors will give students variations of the basic three to improve their shaping skills. And how many of those variations are there? asked Zorian. Oh, thousands, said Ilsa, confirming Zorian's suspicions. 
but most students only learn six or so by the end of their third year. Here. She pushed a rather heavy book into his hands, patiently waiting for him to leaf through it. It was apparently a book describing 15 particularly interesting variations of the basic three, five for each exercise. Let me guess. You want me to learn everything inside this book? Zorian sighed. That would be a pretty neat trick, Elsa snorted. Didn't you hear what I said? Most people learn six, or less, in a year. You'll probably be finished with the academy by the time you've learned everything inside the, that book, assuming you want to, of course. I'm not making you do anything. Six in a year, huh? Asked Zorian carefully, an idea forming in his head. That's right, Elsa said. So what if I could master all fifteen before this month is done? Asked Zorian. Elsa stared at him for a second before bursting into laughter. It took him a few seconds to calm down. Uh, for her, it took her a few seconds to calm down. My, aren't you c the confident one? Elsa said, chuckling softly. If you were really that good, I'd fill out the transfer forms right now, regulations be damned, and take you as my apprentice. I'd never pass up an opportunity to teach such a legend in the making. Not that I think you could do it, mind you. Zorian just gave her a wicked smile. Of course, there was absolutely no chance for Zorian to master all 15 exercises in this particular restart, but that was beyond beside the point. Thanks to the wonders of, t of the time loop, he had far more than a few measly weeks to learn the contents of the book. It was even um, it was even available in the Academy Library, so he didn't have to go to Ilsa in the next restart to, re to acquire it. And who knew? Maybe if he learned some of the of those, he could get Schwinn to cut him some slack too. A man could dream. Besides, the book was actually fairly interesting. Not only did it explain how to perform each variation in great detail, it also explained the reasons for including each particular exercise, as well as providing a background in understanding why the basic three were being taught to students in the first place. Zorian briefly familiarized himself with each of the variations before starting to read earnestly from the start making an object glow, levitating it, or setting it aflame. These were very simple effects, acquiring only rudimentary shaping skills. The levitation exercise, for instance, was just a repelling force emanating from the mage's palm. It wouldn't get much simpler than that. There was actually a lot of these, um, there were actually a lot of these simple effects, certainly more than the three they were taught. But these three were kind of a priority. Production of light, heat, and kinetic force were common components of many spells giving the basic three the sort of general usefulness that most other simple exercises lacked. The variations listed in the book were not in the same category as these simple or starter exercises, although Schwinn and Ilsa and the book itself referred to them as variations. Zorian realized there were more like upgrades, or rather, or perhaps advanced versions. He hadn't realized it at that at the time, but the pen spinning exercise which was the very first variation outlined in the book, albeit under a fancier name, was a whole other category of difficulty from simply levitating the palm, the pen above his palm. Not only did he have to maintain the levitation effect on the pen, he also had to shape an additional effect to make the pen spin. The variation was supposed to teach mages how to multitask by making them maintain two effects at once. Though Schwinn would be uh, would have disagreed, Zorin considered his pen shaping uh, spinning exercise mastered and the guidelines in, in the book seemed to agree with him. As such, he started poring over the other four va variations of the levitation exercise, trying to figure out which one was the easiest. He quickly realized that there were not only um, 
arranged in ascending order of, a dif of difficulty, but that mastering the latter, uh, the, the later vari um, latter variation, later variations probably requires mastering the preceding ones first. Vertical levitation requires him to make an object stick to his palm with attractive force, uh, um, position his palm vertically, and then make the object separate from his palm without falling. The sticking part was easy, and something Zorian could already do, but making the object float off the palm without falling required that he balance the attractive force binding the object to his palm and the repelling force that made it separate from it. Without the ability to multitask um, he acquired from the pen spinning exercise, it probably would have taken forever to master this one. Next was fixed position levitation, which required an ability to maintain the levitated object's position in space despite disruptions and changes in initial conditions. In other words, <clears throat> he had to be able to move his hand up and down, left and right, while keeping the levitated object static in space. It required the ability to balance attractive and repelling forces he, he presumably acquired from the vertical levitation exercise but this time he had to continually adjust the balance in response to changes, and so on. Seeing how there was only one correct order in which these exercises could be learned, Zorian started practicing vertical levitation. Unfortunately, he wouldn't accomplish much in this particular restart. The summer festival was approaching. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please consider listening to the next chapter.